What's up, everybody, and welcome back to yet another edition of the Jet Stream, the official New York Jets podcast of Gotham Sports Network. My name is Jesse Finver, and with me, as always, Connor Sheeran. Connor, we won. Yeah, we did. Happy pod. Happy pod, Jesse. I said, it, I said it, like, right after we won. I was like, I immediately tweeted at you. I was just like, you know, I can't believe it. You know, we're, we're just going to have, like, the happy, we're going to just goof off for, like, an hour and not be depressed for the first time in... I don't know how long. So yeah, we like, talked about that before we got we before we hopped on. We were like, so when was the last happy pod we had? Because last year, you know, we won two games, but we were upset about both of them. So it it must be twenty nineteen, maybe. It must be. Yeah, it must have maybe like a Sam. Maybe like that Sam Darnold Packers win or Texans win. No, it was probably after the Cowboys win because that was the week mm. before the Seeing Ghost game. Oh yeah, and that, that, that was the first win of that season. So. Is that a one and three start as well? No, it was like a, it was like an zero oh and five start. Oh god! He he got knocked out after like week two, and we were gone for like he was out for like three or four weeks. <laughs> All right, that's fair. Okay, so uh, it is a happy pod, and we we had to have a guest on this week. Just we we needed somebody that was going to keep the vibes high and keep keep the party going, and we have a friend of the pod, a Jets Twitter. I don't even know how to put it. A Jets Twitter aficionado. member, aficionado, <laughs> member, a member of Jets Twitter, one of our good friends, Jared Gossel, or Oh My Goss on Twitter. Jared, welcome to the pod. Oh, you could not have picked a better week for it. I am, <laughs> I am ready to talk my talk. I'm ready. Uh, by the if by the end of this podcast, I'm not fighting Mike Greenberg. This has been a <laughs> been a waste of my of my hour. You know what? I have I have a lot of shit I need to say about Mike Greenberg as well, but it has nothing to do with football. I'm just pissed that he's hosting NBA Countdown. Um, mm. All right, guys, we fucking won. <laughs> <laughs> like it happened. <laughs> uh, so, so Connor, we we ended we like not ended, but we talked about on the pod last week. What do the Jets need to do to beat the Titans? And we both agreed, like immediately, it's you need to stop Derrick Henry. And um, they didn't do that. <laughs> they really didn't. Um, he had well, thirty three carries. It funny. For a hundred- it's like they didn't really, but it kind of felt like they did, which is right. weird. And it's a testament to how good he is. Because he he ended up getting like what 150 yards in the touchdown. Yeah, and, and like, he would have he would have had more if not like I think there was a there was one run he had, and I think it was it might have been before the the only touchdown he scored. So he had 33 carries for 157 yards and a touchdown, and you read that and you're like, that's a monster day. But it just didn't feel like that because he he broke off a couple of big runs, but I think the longest was and I'll look at the full box score here. But the longest one was a little over 20 yards, and I'll have that yeah 22 yards. So he like. Normally, like when Derrick Henry has a monster day, he breaks off like a 50 yard run and you're like, damn, like, all right, what can you can't do anything about that? He's like six, five two fifty, and like, whatever, like nothing you can do. Javelin Gidry had a tackle at one point where it was still, it was a run to the left and he had like a shoelace tackle that honestly probably saved like a, a 50 yard touchdown. Well, that was so, an overtime. Yes. He kept going and he doesn't get that shoelace tackle and Titans win. Yeah. Like, so, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean. We said they needed to stop him, and they kind of did. I mean, they 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 did enough. Uh, the 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 day though was owned by by Zach Wilson, and and that's saying a lot because there are a whole lot of people who deserve recognition for this win. 
but we'll start with Zach Wilson because honestly, that's who we want to talk about. I mean, let's be honest. That's that's who we want to talk about. Uh, I listened to the first quarter of this game in the car. I, on a whim, went to Penn State this past weekend. I uh, haven't been back since graduation, so I drove back Sunday after Sunday morning to be able to catch this game. And I'm listening to the game in the car, and I'm like, great. Like, I, I drove back early. I left early. I woke up early. I'm hungover. This is horrible. And I'm just, like, it's going to be like, it's going to be like 9 nothing. It, it was 6, I think it was 6 nothing at the time. And I get inside, and they kick another field goal. It's 9 nothing. And I'm like, this is, why did I come home so early? I could have slept in, you know? And then something, something started to happen. The Jets started to move the ball. I, I just want, you know, Connor, we'll start with you. That first, that first scoring drive, mm-hmm. did you, like, was there even a moment where you were like, we can do this again? Because for me, I was like, all right, awesome. We, we, we scored points. That's never happening again. That's exactly, I mean, that's, after they got in the end zone, I was, I actually was kind of, well, I was shocked. And then I was just like, okay, well, I said to myself, I was like, okay, well, at least they got a touchdown and they scored points. And Wilson looked good on that drive. Right. Because you and I said last week, because you were about to say must win, and I, we changed it to must compete. And that's what I said before the game. I was like, they just have to compete. That's it. The Titans are a good team. All they had to do was go out there and not fall on their faces. And, it, you and know, they went out and won the game. So, like, you know. Yeah. And it looked like, and Jared, it looked like, Going into, what was it? This was, so the game started, obviously, three plays, three yards, punt. Then they kick a field goal, another punt, field goal. Wilson throws an interception, and then they kick the field goal, and it's 9 nothing. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, this is horrible. And then they go on an 11-play, 75-yard drive. I mean, just t- take me through. You're, 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 what you, because you, you're on the West Coast, so you had to get up early. You had to do all this shit, like. What 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 was what was Sunday like for you? Uh, well, I think it's best told. Um, yeah, I think it's best told through my text messages to my father, who was at the game. Um, I'll, okay. I'll just read my own in order. <laughs> uh, Ten fifteen in the morning, so fifteen minutes after kickoff, they fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> and then back to back, and then I asked if the Boo Birds were out, and then fifteen minutes later. Another 20-yard quarter, surrender draw. Corey Davis has fucking cinder block hands. Um, next one after that was, look, he looks like Curtis Conway out there. That, that's probably the meanest thing I've ever said about a Jets player. On, I'm so sorry. I, it's only his fourth game. That was really mean and really uncalled for. I'm sorry, Corey. Um, <laughs> and, then I sa- and then I said, not even an hour into the game, mind you. Just leave. It's not worth it. Uh to which the Jets then responded with the touchdown drive. Yeah. Uh, and I said, they, they still need to throw the playbook in the furnace. Now this shit. Uh, and then run, run, pass every single possession. Mims only playing rundowns. This is football malpractice. And then my next text was, all caps, call me after the Jets' fifth quarter show. We won a football game. <laughs> <laughs> so Yes. And, and you know... You, the beginning of this game was so interesting for me because not only did we look like shit, but it was it was the same. It was it was very similar issues that the Jets were having um, the past two weeks where 
it, it just seems like there was a lack of creativity. I mean, I, listen, I, I missed the, the first couple of drives because I was listening on the radio, but they still told me what plays were going on. So I didn't have as great of an idea, but, you know, I still rewatched the game afterwards and I, I caught that first quarter. Corey Davis was dropping passes. Zach was missing easy throws. There was no creativity. You couldn't get anything going in the run game. And finally, on that touchdown drive, it starts off with Zach throwing an incomplete pass to Ryan Griffin. There was an it was an ineligible downfield pass because of AVT. They declined that, and then it's second and ten, and there's an incomplete pass to Tyler Croft, and it's third and ten. And you're like, here we go again. This is horrible. And you can go if you can find the timestamp, which you can right here, ten oh eight in the second quarter, right? If you can find somehow, if you're able to go back on Twitter and like find like that before that play, that exact moment, I know for a fact because I was scrolling during that moment, we were livid. Like, oh my god, Jets fan was so pissed off because, and rightfully so, because it was third and ten. You would just throw an interception, and they got a field goal off of it. It's nine nothing, and you have a like a penalty on the like on the drive also, and then Corey Davis catches it. Finally catches one, and he fumbles it. That was the funniest part. And you're like, "Oh my god, this guy! This, this is ridiculous! Like this, this is a, catch it." I was like, "Oh, I gotta give him, Jared, just because you were, you read off your text, I, like just brief here." Uh, Ethan, our other maniac, the Giants guy, NYG, MIG Weekly, give it a listen. He, he just simply asked, "Is Corey Davis even playing?" And then. I was just like, get him off the fucking field. <laughs> we were all so angry. Oh my god! At that point in time, just because See, it just felt like we were back in the Denver game, and I was just like, I I can't fundamentally understand what the hell is happening to, to this guy. And yeah, you know, it made it made no sense. And then he immediately, he, then he catches a short pass and he takes it for thirty yards. Like he like stumbled a little bit and he made like a big play. And that I feel like that was a big like the, the turning point for this offense. Yeah. Where Corey Davis had been really struggling and dropping passes, and he makes back-to-back big plays for this team on third and ten, and then he makes a third and he has a 30-yard reception with like 20 yards of yak. After that, it, it just felt like you know, Wilson got into a rhythm and the whole team really got into a rhythm. Where I mean they were starting to run the ball better, they were starting to you know, Zach was hitting his his outlet pass. I mean, he was doing everything you could possibly ask him to do, and it finally started to work, and they score, right? And we're not going to go through every drive, guys. That's that's really boring. But I felt like the first drive was worth mentioning, just because that first touchdown drive, just because uh, they scored as many points as they did in like two straight games on that one drive, <laughs> like you know? literally. So I I, I want to counter that a little bit, Jesse. Because uh, this is this is my one negative from the game, and I promise the rest will be overwhelmingly positive. <laughs> it's really hard not to be. But this is one my one negative for the game is the the game did not turn on that drive for me. The okay. game the, the game turned on that play, and you know exactly mm-hmm. the play that I'm talking about. But it turned on that play, and what basically confirmed it for me was in his post game. Uh, I, I don't know if it was on the fifth quarter show. I don't know if it was Connor Hughes who asked the question. I don't remember. Um, but they asked, you know, was this the plan all along to get you going and let you play your game? And Zach basically said, no, it's it was not. Zach turned it around on his own. It was not the play calling that did it. 
hopefully this game is now the catalyst moving forward to see, okay, this is where we find success, which is what we all kind of knew all along. It's what, but, that was his, like, what he looked like. It was his BYU tape. Right. They, they get him out of the pocket and they get like the play breaks down. And there's only a couple of guys in the league that can do what Wilson does when a play breaks down. Josh Allen, Mahomes, Rogers, those types of players where Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, where you're scrambling and you can throw a ball 50 yards downfield with a flick of the wrist. That honestly, I, I, I don't like because of what, there's a lot more to talk about. But I mean, like when we were all watching that in real time and he points down the field. And it's just like if, if I just like I just I'm so used to seeing shit like that happen and expect the worst. Like it reminded me almost of like Hansel Robles on the Mets, like pointing to the sky <laughs> as like the ball gets like drilled 450 feet over the fence. It reminded me of that. Like I could just in my head, I could already see the tweets roasting him. Like it's just like he's gonna overthrow it and get intercepted. So the fact that Corey Davis came down with that touchdown is, and then, and that's just like. And people were saying right after it, not to like jump ahead, but that wasn't even his best pass. Best pass of the game was in overtime. We w- yeah. and we will we will get yeah, to that. We like, will get to that. We will definitely get to OT because I mean, listen, this guy made just throw after impressive throw. That I mean, we didn't even see see like and Sam Darnold like you know had some great throws when he was with the Jets, and we were you know very excited about his arm talent also. But he could he can't do that. What what Wilson was doing, he can't. It's the most impressive throw I've seen a Jets quarterback make since the AFC Championship game, Sanchez to Santonio in the back corner. Yeah. Uh, or AFC Divisional Round. Uh, yep. So, yes. I can agree with that. But yeah. I, I, And you know what? I'm going to counter your counter with a different play. And I'm going to uh, forget that I said that that was the turning point of the first touchdown drive. It was the, the field goal drive where they took the lead, the first lead they've had all season. And it was third and six on our own 32. And he throws, he gets out of the pocket again, and he throws one that uh, Keelan for 54 yards to, to Keelan Cole. That honestly should have been a touchdown. You know, I had people tell me that he underthrew it a little bit. Fuck off. All right, Cole should have stayed on his feet there. Okay, that throw right there. Everything just kind of fell in. The, like once I feel like if whether you're an athlete or it doesn't even need to be athletics. It can be anything that's relatively competitive, you know, and there's always a moment in a victory where you're like, or in a season where you may be new to whatever you're doing, but once you finally get the monkey off your back, something that you, you, you're able to execute in a game that you know you're capable of, that you've done millions of times in practice, but just for some reason it just never worked in a game and you finally are able to get that executed in a game. I mean, that's what we're looking at right there. That play where he's able to get out of the pocket and throw one on a rope 54 yards downfield. I feel like that has to lift the weight off his shoulders, thinking like, finally, like, I I know I can do this. I know that I can make these throws. And I finally made like in the first game to Elijah Moore, the one that he dropped. Yeah, that was one of those plays where if he maybe if he, maybe if he connected on that, the first couple of games go differently. You never know. Like it, it, it's that maybe it, it might just be that little thing that unlocks his confidence, you know, his com- yeah. how, how comfortable he can possibly be. And one of the most, th- one of the most impressive things, And it was funny because I thought about it afterwards and it reminded me of, uh, remember, you remember, remember the Titans when, uh, he's trying, Denzel Washington's trying to show, trying to show sunshine, how to toss 
like trying to just toss the ball. He's like, mm-hmm. you can throw the ball 50 miles and you can't toss it five yards. And there's like, how many plays in the game did Zach miss like six, seven yard like dunk passes? He just yeah. like, like threw it short or he threw it wide. It was a game winner. That, it was a game winner in overtime when he, if he, if he had hit, who was it? Like, Griffin. It was Griffin. He hit Griffin. It might have, it might not have quite gotten, it might have gotten stopped, but in all likelihood, he would have scored. And there's also the other other play, which is different, that he, he missed Corey Davis in the back of the end zone, also on that four down set, I think. He no, could have hit him there. You know, but it's like he, if he doesn't short that pass, the game ends on a touchdown. And it's a walk off touchdown. And then yeah. he's truly a hero. Well, like, like, it almost looked like on that pass to Griffin that he, he he thought about it too much because the possession prior, remember, and I think this might be what you're referencing, was the third and eight play to Corey Davis on the out route where he overshot him a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah compensating he's, a little bit. Yeah. Exactly. I think he sort of compensated, overcompensated for that a little right. bit on the second throw. Because if again, he had hit that one, that, the game would have ended in regulation. Right. But so he, I, think you're saying, yeah, I, think you're, I think you're right. Look, he's a rookie. At the end of the day, rookies are going to make these. This is his first ever high pressure situation in a football in a professional football game. With the mm-hmm. first three games went, he's expe- He's not. He should not be expected to make all those throws. All we were asking was that he made some of them and flashed something, and he flashed way more than something. He flashed. He flashed his pro day. Mm-hmm. The, the pro day where I watched the entire pro day. I turned off my TV and I said, "This kid might be generational." I said I might take him number one overall after that after that pro day. So yeah, it's it's just yeah, it's the arm talent is insane, mm-hmm. and you know it's difficult in football. Like like when you're watching basketball, like you kind of just like know when a guy's good. Like it's very obvious. Like when LeBron James entered the league and you saw him run through people when Zion came into the league last two years ago or last year, whatever, and just started dunking on people. And you're like, Hmm. Yeah. That guy, I don't need, you don't need to worry about him. He, he'll be fine. That you guy's going to be good. He's going to be really that guy, good. That guy's going to be good. <laughs> you know? And like, it, that's not a thing in football. You can't, you can't project that. You can't project it like that. You like you it's, in basketball, you know, your success is predicated on what you're able to do and your and your teammates can certainly help you and improve and like improve your game. But in football, I mean, the quarterback's success is not just predicated on himself, it's predicated on can he get protection? How much time does he have in the pocket? Are his receivers good? Are they creating separation? Can they catch the ball? Is the running back able to get the ball moving? You know, there's can your coach coach? You know, like there's so many different things that go into a football game. Zach's arm talent is one of those things where you're like, yeah, he might be like, like he might be the real thing. He might be. He might be it's like good. four games where <laughs> like that might be it. That might be the thing that we've been waiting for for our whole lives. Like you our, know, <laughs> our, our boy, our boy, uh, our boy DJ from uh, New York. Oh yeah. T- tweeted after the game. He tweeted, "There's not no cap. There's not 15 players in the league who can make that throw." And he's right, by the way. I'm just saying it doesn't mean he's a top 15 quarterback. It right. means there are not 15 players who can – Tom Brady can't make that throw, by the way. That doesn't mean Zach Wilson's better than Tom Brady yet. He will right. be, but doesn't mean yet. <laughs> so, like, it's it's the arm talent that we've been waiting to see. You know, we've been tired of the five – you know, the, the dig routes. It's enough of the dig routes. Let Zach be Zach. I mean, you got to – Let Zach cook. 
Let's Zach Zach cook. Exactly. Let him cook. There, <laughs> there are so many players in the league, so many quarterbacks that have come in and out. Forget about just the Jet system, but the entire league. So many quarterbacks that they just they have the ability, but not that that extra little ten percent, five percent. That's something that Zach has that I haven't seen a Jet quarterback have. So for him to actually flash that. Forget about his rookie year where Darnold really didn't flash until the last four games of the season. To see that flash for Zach this early in the year is such a huge positive. Mm-hmm. To see. It gives me so much confidence moving forward. Even and with I, the interceptions and stuff, yeah. And I have to ask a, a non-Zach-related question for one second, but I have to ask the two of you because Jesse brought it up earlier. I know you'd mentioned, you know, and we were all sort of on the same page going into the game. Let's just compete. Let's just compete. At what point in the game did you say, I I don't think I can just live with competing. We need to win this football game. Because I think it was about, I think it it was when it was 10-9. And I was like, this is not, we're, we're competitive in the third quarter. This is all we've wanted. Like, this is, it's not enough now. That wasn't it for me. That And, and, and that was like me being like, at 10-9, I was like, like, it'd be nice to win. Like, this would be nice, you know? But I, I wasn't even thinking about winning. I was more of just thinking, like, all right, like, can we just, like, keep doing this? Can we please just, like, keep – like, can we score again? Like, please? You know? And so it's 10-9. Tennessee, Tennessee scores. They go down the field. They get the extra po- – uh, they get the two-point conversion. And you're like, all right, damn, that was fun while it lasted, you're thinking to myself. Then Jets start moving the ball again. And here's another turning point, which this honestly might be the most turning point of the entire game. It might be out of all the turning points. This might be the biggest turning point. <laughs> all right. At this point, the Titans had an 80.3% chance, 80.2% chance to win. After this play, they did not have anything. Like it was just downhill for the Titans and win probability. Second and 10 on the Tennessee 34, Zach Wilson, Gets the snap, fumbles, picks it up, and throws that ball to Crowder. And he made that play because when when a, when a quarterback fumbles, you're thinking worst case scenario. You're like, play's dead, dead play. Like he needs to run, he needs to do something, get out of bounds, throw the ball away, whatever. He snaps the ball, fumbles it, and makes that throw. And I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> like we might we is, is this actually happening right now? Like did that actually just happen? By and, the way, coming out of his hand, it looked like a duck. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I said I said the same thing. I was like, oh my god, what is he doing? It, oh, reminded, me of, it, it reminded me of the the last interception in the Patriots game. I was just like, oh my god, what is he doing? What is he doing? And then, and then Crowder came down with it. I was like, yeah, I don't even know that, what to say. I was that, speechless. Like, that Corey Davis touchdown. That Corey Davis touchdown. That what Salah said. That was a no, 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 yes for him. Right. Um, but that that play, after that play, where was I going with this? I had I had so Zach in the post game was asked about that play, and he said that he knew it was going to be a touchdown or he knew it was going to be a big play. Mm-hmm. And this was when so DJ asked the question, and then Connor followed up, and I remember I saw them like throwing like the little alley oop emojis to each other or whatever. And I was like, yeah, that's a, that's great. So he was like, why? how did you know it was going to be a big play? He's like, well, you know, we we saw what they were lined up and they were lined up in man. And so we knew that the play that we had called was going to be a big play. 
And so when the ball was snapped and he fumbled it, he was so pissed. He was like, he was really angry with himself because he knew that this was a huge opportunity based on the formation that they were in and what they were and what, and what the Tennessee Titans were running. And he was finally able to like, he, he, the fact that he was able to pick that up and still hit Crowder for that huge gain. I mean, that was like, that was, that was one of the, there's so many impressive plays he made. I, I, it's, it has to be one of the five most impressive plays he made of the entire day. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's not as good as that is that overtime throw. I mean, on third and third down and overtime. But I mean, man, that was an incredibly, incredibly heads up play from Wilson. Um, yeah, that was. I think that was the moment, Connor. Right. You wanna, you have, you have, do you have a moment that you thought that this uh, this was possible? It was. It was right after that when he got when Crowder got the touchdown. So like, they scored. When they, a took, when they took all. the lead, and then I was like, okay. It was seventeen all well, after that sanity, Crowder touchdown. They have they have to win this game, now. <laughs> and, and it would have. And at the same time, it's like I would have been super bummed for like an hour, two hours after the game ended. Then I would have calmed down. I would have been like, okay, let's just remember why we're here. We've said it like ten thousand times at this point. The losses, wins, losses. As long as the losses aren't embarrassing, aren't a huge thing this year. But after they took that lead, that would have sucked. I mean, that last drive with the Titans when they went and tied it up was like death, slow death by a thousand cuts. Something we've seen so many times. And it was like when they got, when the, when the Titans got that PI call that let, like let the drive keep going. It was like a 30 yard PI call or something like that. And it was like, all right. It was, that was like fourth down. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was like fourth down and it was a bogus PI call. I mean, they, they, there's been, there were more contact on plays previously that I thought should have been PI than that play. It, it was pass interference, but that's a pass interference that's called against, like, three teams in the league. The Jets, yeah, the Chargers, yeah. and then maybe one other team out there right. with, like, they, the old school Browns. Like right. the Raiders I'll, or the Browns. I'll give the, yeah. I'll give the rest credit in to quote Denzel Washington, remember the Titans again. They were letting the boys play on Sunday, I thought, personally. There weren't, there weren't yeah. a lot of bullshit PI or holding calls, except for really kind of that one towards the end. But, like... They were, I mean, there wasn't too much like, garbage kind of calls. There was a lot of dumb penalties on both sides that both teams took. Like, God bless him, but Elijah Vera Tucker, at some point, that guy's got to figure out he can't run downfield. Not yeah. college anymore. <laughs> God bless him. That's like his second or third like a like, downfield penalty that he's gotten so far. Like, God bless him. Because he's, he's slowly gotten better every week, which is awesome to say. And, like, but, you know, in the run game, he, he made some really impressive downfield blocks where he was pulling and then right. – I think there was an it was a a reverse a Barrios reverse from the left side to the right and I saw a clip of Vera Tucker just coming around and just bodies were hitting the floor in front of mm-hmm. him and I was yeah. like that's the guy that's the fucking guy that we drafted exactly. we need more of that we need more of that we need to see him against Becton poor yeah. Becton oh, we, like, need, we need we need Becton back and and, and was, you know what and he was you in the what? locker room like he was there he was he was hanging with the guys after the win so. He was there, but uh, by the way, it's it's still just so comical how large that guy is. <laughs> like, you see him next to some of these other players, and it's like, how? <laughs> how is this a real person that exists? Yeah. Like, so, but, so how much poop was in your pants, guys, uh, in overtime? Because there was a lot of poop in my pants. A sizable amount. <laughs> I, I, I didn't feel good. I, I'd, I'd honestly pooped. I had honestly gotten rid of most of it on the, that last Titans driver regulation, so I was mostly cleaned out. It was, <laughs> it was, it was just, just a gut punch. But 
Um, I also I also do, by the way, want to give like the biggest shout. Out. We can talk about the offense all day. I cannot give Jeff Ulbrich a bigger shout out. Oh, we'll be we getting yeah. the defense. Don't you yeah. worry. Okay. <laughs> Don't you worry. I'll hold the, off that. I'll the hold, def- I'll hold the defense has earned a segment. Um, it was good to see Keelan Cole just be alive. You know, three catches for 92 yards. I take credit for that, by the way, because like three plays before he got his first catch, I said he has no cat. He has one target, zero catches. Denzel Mims could do this. And then he went off. So by the way, all the way, our our guy Mims, he didn't even get a target uh, out there. And you know, and you know what, by the way, did you read the Denzel Mims article today? No, he didn't. Because (laughs) right. Damn right, Jared. Because we won the goddamn football game, and no one gives a flying fuck about a team's fifth or sixth string receiver, regardless of what round he was taken in, when you win fucking football games. Damn right. Oh, winning cures all. Uh, the run game was just not, like, really existent, and I think that once this team can figure out how to run the ball, then this offense could be, some like, really fun. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, Crowder being back, Cole contributing, but Crowder being back, and I can't wait for when Elijah Moore is here as well. Those two playing together, you know, if they go four wide, if they go ten personnel, I mean, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun offensive unit. Um, who else? What? What? what, what there's one more thing I wanted to bring up about the offense. Oh yeah, uh, Mike Lafleur, uh, never fucking call that bootleg bullshit on, in on the goal line ever, ever, ever again. All right, that was beyond absurd. And you know what? You know what? Even if he handed the ball off, they would have gotten stopped anyway. But at least it wouldn't have been like like fourth and six from like the from whatever, like fourth and goal on the six, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was an atrocious play call. And otherwise, otherwise, like he had a pretty solid day, like play calling. I, 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 I you, you, you notice bad play calling a lot more when you lose, mm-hmm. you know? And so, like I said before, winning cures all. Winning cures all. But, God damn, don't ever call something like that on the goal line ever again. Ever. And it was disappointing because Salah literally said in the post game that like if if Wilson hadn't lost any yards there, he's like, we would have gone for it on fourth and one. Yeah. Like on the goal line. We would have gone for it. And first of all, it's just refreshing to hear that. Like it, it's just even if he was like, you know, just saying it, like he's like, you know, like, okay, he's Monday morning quarterbacking it and he, and then he's just free to say that. Even if that was the case, it's just refreshing to hear him say hear a coach. Oh yeah. That. Like Adam Gase easily would have said something, some bullshit. Like you know, uh, we would have thought we would have thought about it a little bit. Like when deep in your heart of hearts, Jared, you're you like you were like goal. chewing on whatever you need to say. Like yeah. you, it is like you're chopping at the bit to get this out. <laughs> because there's nobody I like talking about more than Mike Lafleur. There, there really is. Oh so, yeah, I, 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 anyone who follows you understands that. <laughs> yeah, so I, have, I, have two, I have two more points on Mike Lafleur, and then I'll let him be. Uh, one, his best called drive of the game by far was the first touchdown drive. He was in his bag that possession. Again, like I said, with the postgame Zach quotes, don't really know what his game plan was if Zach doesn't improvise in that second half. So LaFleur's best drive by far was that first touchdown drive. It opened up a lot of the offense. He called a reverse in the red zone for a team that hasn't scored a touchdown in, in eight quarters. That was I really, really respected that drive. And like you said, you know, Connor, about Monday morning quarterbacking with Robert Sala, I don't think it was with that fourth and one. And the reason is they trusted Zach to throw the ball on that big third down at the end of the game. They put the ball in his hands and said, go win us the football game. So I have no reason to doubt 
that Robert Sala would have gone for it and had the balls or Mike LaFleur, whoever would have made the call. I have no doubt that they would have had the balls to say, let's go out there and win this fucking football game right now. Mm-hmm. It is so nice. It is so nice to have a coaching staff that prefers to go win a game as opposed to one that is going to try not to lose one. And that's the bit, that's the difference that, that that's what brings you from the mid two thousands to the 20, 2010s to 2020s. Mm-hmm. You have a coach that's going to go with for, forget numbers, everything on the field, rides the emotion of the game, rides the team, trust his players. And that's what we've been waiting to see from Salah and Mike LaFleur. Mm-hmm. We saw it. We saw it. So uh, there are other coaches and there is another unit to this team that just deserves all all the praise in the on the in the world because. You can make the argument that they're more responsible for this win than the offense was. Now the offense had, you know, scored, you know, had the score. They put up 27 points, but this defense, this defense is a scrappy, scrappy bunch. All right. Seven sacks, 14, 14 quarterback hits, 14 quarterback hits. In your life, did you think that this team was capable of putting up a game like that? This 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 defensive unit was capable of putting up a game like that when Carl Lawson went down. I'll answer the question for you. Absolutely not. <laughs> There's there, on, on, in 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 no reality, on no in no universe, did I ever think that the Jets would get seven sacks in the game and fourteen quarterback hits. And Can you imagine seven, if Lawson was out there? Seven. They had seven passes defended. I mean, oh like. My God. Like this, this was an insane game, and I, I don't know who to start with. So you know, like, like in terms of like who we talk about first, but I, I think it's Quinnen, the, the the Williams brothers. I was gonna say, maybe the most fun stat ever. The first since Sachs since Sachs became a like an actual in eighty in, in the eighties, yeah. That they're the first brothers playing on the same team to both record a sack in a game. Like that warmed my heart so much, and to see them like getting interviewed after the game, like the two of them standing next to each other, and Quinnen being like just like, I don't know. I mean, obviously they play different positions, just looking like just like an even larger human than his brother. But like the fact that they both did, and and uh, Quincy Williams, you know, again, God bless him. And I think who was the, the who was the color commentator for this game? Adam Archuleta, or was it Jay Feely or some? No, uh, wasn't I, it wasn't Feely. It was Gumble and Gumble and I think it was Archuleta because they're doing, they're, they're doing the they're game doing in Sunday. Atlanta. They're doing the they're game doing, in Atlanta. Yeah. So I guess they're a team. Right. So he there's like two plays, like the two screen passes where Quincy Williams like blew up the screen before like the ball even got to like whoever Tannehill was throwing to. Yeah. And Archuleta was just like if he even like looks up and doesn't like go for the hit, which is obviously what he's supposed to do, those are pick sixes. He looks up and just gets the ball. He's like, he's going away with it. And it happened twice. <laughs> and Archuleta is just like, he's like, God bless you. Made, we made the hit. That's, that's great. But you know, yeah. I don't understand. Like, I, it's just one of those things that's like randomly those types of games are going to come up for like players like him that it's like, you know, you sign like Quincy Williams. Like I, I, I got to think a game like this is going to happen for like Shaq Lawson or something like that. A well, guy that they is, just gets is signed. Quincy- is Quincy going to be this like from now on? Probably not. But I feel like you like when you, you get, you get sent to play for a team that your brother's on, 
that definitely like you know boosts the morale a little bit. You know, right. gets the gets the blood like the the juices flowing, and you're and like goofing around. Yeah, like I get to play against get next to my brother yeah. in New York on the right. same on the same unit. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and like this this defense, and like like you go from playing from you go from Jacksonville and Urban Meyer and that shit show of a locker room, which by the way, fuck everyone who ever wrote an article, who ever said anything about. The Jets being the worst destination. Okay. Most specifically, Jeremy Schapp, wherever you are. Jeremy Schapp, fuck you. Fuck off. Rotten <laughs> hell. Mike Greenberg, get the hell off the goddamn bandwagon. You're done. You're done, Mike Greenberg. You're out. Done. You're out. Roddy White, I will see you outside. <laughs> Everyone, I, I have names. I have screenshots. I got it all. I got, I got the list. All right, so you go from that shit show in Jacksonville to going to play with your brother. You get to play for an electric head coach in Sala, who is a defensive-minded coach who maybe understands how to use you better than the folks in Jacksonville do. Now, this is a former third-round pick. This guy has talent, you know? We saw it on display. This guy flies around the field. Is he good in coverage? I don't think so. He didn't. He has clearly has no ball skills. You know? No, not even a little bit. <laughs> he's you just out, he's just out there. It's like Quinnen at least has like the not an excuse, but at least Quinnen's job is just get in the backfield and hit the quarterback. Hey, the yo, down. I saw Quinnen. Yeah, we don't need I him have ball catching skills. passes from the jugs in practice last week. I saw it. All right. <laughs> maybe, yo, Quincy, hey, get on those jugs, bro. I was about to say maybe Salah's gonna have him out there because he probably he saw the tape too. He's probably like saying the same thing we are. Like, so, so the Williams brothers were fantastic. Uh, Quincy had a sack and two tackles for loss, um, including the, was was him was he the one who laid that just absolutely gigantic hit on that one guy? Yep. Um, yep. So that was amazing. And then Quinnen with seven tackles. He had Quincy had twelve tackles, ten solo. Quinnen had seven tackles, six solo. He had two sacks, one tackle for loss. He had two QB hits. Quincy had one quarterback hit, a pass defended two tackles for loss and a sack. And you can make the argument that they weren't even the best players on the defense uh, on Sunday. All right. CJ Mosley looked like the all pro that we signed. Finally. You know, Correct. He, he struggled a little bit through the first three weeks. He's probably just getting used to it, but there was the, the, the moment that you knew that, that Mosley was back. It was post game for me. Cause I didn't realize it in the moment, but, Sala came out and goes, yeah, you changed a play at the line of scrimmage, and we just don't do that. We don't allow anybody to do that. Like, once the play is in, that's it. And he just changed the play at the line of scrimmage and got the fourth down, and that was a huge play. I forget when in the game it was. It was one of the sacks. It was, it was one of the sacks. Six sacks. Yeah, because literally before this play started, Adam Archuleta was just like, he's like, I think they should be. I think the Jets should be playing zone here. And then you look out and you see Mosley talking to everyone, yep, yep, and they literally pull back and they go to zone. And it's yep. like that dude, he just sees the field, and it's he had like twelve tackles too. He had thirteen tackles, ten solo, a sack, a tackle for loss, and a quarterback hit. Right. And he might not even have been the best guy on the field. <laughs> Bryce, Bryce Bryce Hall, Hall. five five tackles, four solo, a half a sack. Three passes defended, two quarterback hits. This kid was amazing. The hall monitor. 
The home, I as love the Jet, As the Jets subreddit just... is, seek, is called to take. Uh, okay, I was about to say, do you think take it's the spot? That's not an original. <laughs> I can't take credit for that. Shout out Jets subreddit. They started the home, home monitor. monitor. I and... love that. <laughs> oh print the God. shirts. Print the shirts. And we got the, we got the, two, we got the two Bryces. We got Bryce Hall, Bryce Huff. Bryce Huff, another uh, um, another outstanding addition. Another, I think he was on a drafted free agent. I mean, that dude, fantastic yeah. edge rusher so yeah. far. You know, really good. And he had, our he guy, had, he had a, one and a half sacks, a tackle for loss. He had three quarterback hits. Huff, he was really good. Our guy, you talking about Foley? No, well that, but I was also going to say JFM. John oh, Michael Myers, our, I mean, other guy. Pay yeah, him. Guy. Pay the Pay man. Him. Pay him. Pay him. And I, 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 saw, man I, saw, uh, money. <laughs> I saw another uh, another friend of the pod, Caleb Pace, tweeted that tweeted basically that saying it was like pay that man his money. And John Brinkle Myers like liked the tweet. So I was oh like, yeah, he knows what he he know he's starting to understand how much he's worth. So <laughs> I mean, listen, you know, coming into the season, the the Connor, we were supremely worried about the secondary. And it wasn't even more worry. It was just like, it was just like they, they cut Bless Austin to like two days before the season, and he was like the high, like the like the longest tenured guy in the secondary, um, and honestly in the defense, I think he was like there for three years, which is longer than like Mosley, I guess. But you know, that was like a huge concern. Carl Lawson goes down, and we're like, great, our pass rush is gone. We haven't had a pass rusher since John Abraham. Uh, psych. We actually do. His name is John Franklin Myers. The Mike Phil. <laughs> It was John <laughs> and by the way, Quentin Williams has four sacks and or I think it's five sacks in four games now or something like crazy. Uh, he's been amazing. You know, everything that we thought about this defense, it's just been the opposite. Mm-hmm. We were like, well, all right, well, like, thank God uh, CJ Mosley's back, but we don't know what he is. You know, he hasn't played in two years. He's been great. You know, uh, the secondary Bryce Hall, uh, Isaiah Dunn had a great play on a third down on the sideline uh, this, this week. Uh, Brandon Eccles has been good as a rookie. You know, Gerard Wilson has been really good. And he's like the leader of this locker room. Apparently he broke down the huddle in the locker room after the game. It was like, I told you guys, I told you we needed one. We get two next week. Let's go. Um, And he's amazing in special teams also. And Ashton Davis is stepping up. Uh, Marcus May's a pussy ass bitch. Uh, (laughs) I was about to say, well, uh, and this is and this all happened. All right, well, I, wait, did I say something? I'm sorry. I, I, just, <laughs> I blacked I just, out. I just blacked <laughs> out for a second. It's, it's it's weird. Has anybody noticed how quiet Eric Burkhardt's Twitter has been hmm. the last few months? I, I can't hmm. think why he's so quiet, huh? It's it's bizarre. What, what a dick so, that bizarre. guy is. You know, I would just love to get a drink with Marcus May. That's what I want to do. Just you know, and, uh, it's just like I I hate his agent more than him, by the way. I, 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 I have love for Marcus May. Me too. I have no. I, I've said it like a, a bunch of times. Uh, I'll never fault a guy. I'll never fault a football player for wanting for wanting to get money. Mm-hmm. It's a very dangerous game that your and their career and their livelihood can literally end on a single play. Yeah. So it's it's not. I'm never going to fault. It. It's just like there's certain times and how you go about it. May is not there yet. Jamal Adams. Obviously got there, and we were all happy, especially with the hole we got. Yeah, but like, I, I might have been a little harsh. That, how it ended. May, when, you, when a player has to play under a franchise tag, that's got to be incredibly frustrating. frustrating. So yes. I get that. It's just like that thing from his agent comes out, and it's like, 
You know Marcus uh, Marcus May saw that or was at least talking to his agent. So like, oh, no, that was a little bit of vibes. That, that, so you, don't, you don't tweet that out. You don't tweet that out as an agent unless you have the green light from your player. Right. Marcus, yeah. Marcus May has wanted to be out for like two, three years now. You know, his right. best his best friend got traded. You Which, know. by the way, I don't blame him for wanting out. By yeah, the way. I That's, don't blame right. him at all. You know, I was, Marcus, I was harsh there. Very harsh. Okay. I may be upset with you, but I will admit that I was harsh. Uh, but still, you know, you don't tweet that as an agent unless you know that your client wants that. Well, you know what? I, I don't think this whole thing is getting resolved by the trade deadline, folks. Uh, DUIs, that's not great, Marcus. And Especially you know ones what? that don't go reported, allegedly. He, he hasn't so. even been good this year. He's like, we, you know. He hasn't been good. You look at the numbers. He's like just been bad. He's been bad. So you know what? We don't need him. I don't even know who the other. I don't even know who the other safety is going to be next to Ashton Davis. Like who's who, who was playing safety? Was it Neesman? Who? Sherrod Neesman? Oh, that's right. Oh yeah. 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 Because Nasrul Dean, I know, put on the IR today. Um, and he plays linebacker, anyways. Mm-hmm. He was one of those national teams. No, but I, guys he, was, that, like, he was part of the he was part of the notification I got. So yeah. that's why I brought right. that up. Um, right. Oh wait, did I mess up Wilson and Hardy? Did I mix those two up? No, Hardy. About, Hardy only plays special teams. He's the gunner. He just plays gunner on special teams. Oh, are you talking about the guy that like broke down the huddle in the locker? Yeah, was that Hardy? Yeah, it was Hardy. Okay, that's Hardy. yeah, that's my. I apologize. But you can see what you can see why he broke it down. Why he's a captain? Yeah. Yeah. Like if that guy's if that guy's doing that in the locker room after a win, I, mean, I can only imagine what he's probably like in practice and stuff. Yeah, like, and and that guy, he had his introductory press conference was like electric. Also, I remember. So I apologize for mixing those two up. Um, that is my bad. Uh, but still, the second the point stands. The secondary has just stepped the fuck up and has been really impressive. Obviously, this was against a uh, a Titans team that didn't have two All Pros. Uh, wide receiver playing for them this week. But you know what? The Jets didn't have plenty of guys playing this week. Injuries happen. So you just play the opponent that's in front of you. You know what? And, I, I, and they won. I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Jesse, because I, I, as one of my final points, because I know you guys want to go soon, I, I have to have to give out two really big shout-outs. The first one, I know this isn't related, Michael Carter, the running back. That first and in goal inside, he kept his legs moving, got inside the two. Yeah. Yes, he did. A year ago, that's Frank Gore going down for a yard. Uh, <laughs> oh, and by the way, Frank. real quick, other Michael Carter has been great. Yep. Another guy in the secondary who's been really fucking good and is like the highest rated like cornerback out of all rookies in the league. Out One, of nowhere. A, a brilliant player, great signing, great, great draft, you know, letting uh letting Brian, letting Poole go. Uh mm, that, yeah. that's a lot of that's putting a lot of trust in the kid. I respect that. And the other big shout-out that I want to give, and I'm happy that you transitioned there back to the secondary for a second, is the secondary and Jeff Ulbrich. Look, Jeff Ulbrich called a hell of a game, but this is a game for the past, and please correct me if I'm wrong, probably 15 years, where the ghost of Nate Washington, the ghost of Kenny Britt, burns us for 115 yards out of uh-huh. This is one good game of the season. Someone in your fantasy league spends $50 waiver wire money on him. And he never but, plays well again. Yeah. And he yep. never plays well again. But this is the, this is a game where I've seen that happen time and time and time again. I almost expected Nick Westbrook to have a monster game. Uh, shout out to IU. Didn't they? Sh- they showed up. It, it's 
it, look, it's only one win. I understand that it's only one win, but it feels a little bit different than wins in the past. It feels like, and and Sheldon, it, it, it feels like things clicked a little bit, right? It's, and Sheldon Rankin said it best after I think it was the week two loss. Look, this has been a losing culture for a long, long time. It is not going to happen overnight. It has to happen over the course of multiple seasons. This feels like a really good first step as a culture changer because everything that would have happened to past iterations of this Jets team did not happen this week. Other yeah, than uh-huh. giving up the touchdown at the end of the game and getting a, fa- a slightly more than phantom pass interference call on fourth and 10 that nobody else gets. Outside of that, this felt like a little bit of – it just felt different. It felt different. It felt different even from that Lions win with Sam in week one. Yeah, for sure. Just, well, he started with a pick six there. And you know what? The Jets tried to make it feel like that a little bit. There were certain points this week where that uh, – this was when I was, I was listening in the car. This was at this point where McNichols had that – it was like third and 20, and he had that screen pass. And for some reason – and we got to figure this out as a defense. The defense needs to figure out how to cover screen passes. They just can't – handle running backs coming out of the backfield it's been, right it was an issue against the patriots it's an issue against the broncos it's an issue against the titans and mcnichols torched the jets mm-hmm. in, the, in, in, the, in the screen passing game chester rogers almost was that guy like that kenny Britt, nate washington guy he almost was but i uh, live with almost i live with almost yeah the jets, the jets live in in the world of almost almost yeah absolutely this, this game should have been a tie <laughs> we shouldn't have even won this game <laughs> Any year past, and we'll fucking take it. Yeah, we'll take and, it. And it, there, there are probably reasons that go into why that last drive it kind of not that they lay down, but you could tell that these guys were gassed. The Titans had the ball for forty minutes. On yeah, Sunday. they had the ball for like, like just so much longer the entire time. Then I'm sure that like the defense was excited to see like when when Zach made the the throw, but they were probably just like fuck. That drive was so short. <laughs> like we have to now go back to out go there back now. Yeah, I'm so yeah. tired. Like I'm, had, I'm exhausted. <laughs> and all of those short drives really happened in the first half. So the fact that they only give up nine first half points is a testament in itself. Yeah, that they yeah. didn't get worn down until late. You know what? Yeah, and, and it, it's just been it's been week after week with this unit where they've just I, this feels like a very Jets thing. Like it's just it's been this way for years. I feel like where the defense is just the better unit and gives the offense a chance. And for a long time, the offense has never given the defense equal, like, you know, it's never reciprocated. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? They reciprocated this past week and it was really, really fucking fun to watch. Now the jets have an opportunity to go to two and three when they go to London and take on the Falcons. And we have to go soon, but we're going to give our thoughts on this game real quick. Um, Jared, I'll start with you. How much poop is in your pants? <laughs> are, are we in the trust tree, the three of us? Are we in the trust tree? It's the safe space. It's, it's us three and whoever listens to it. Okay. So. Yeah. <laughs> if, if this is a safe space, I, I may or may not have talked myself into 10 and 7 after the game. No! Stop. no. I looked no. at this. Hey, I looked edit, at that that. edit that out. Edit that out. No, edit that out. I looked at the schedule. No. 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 It's not happening. Look, nope. look, look, look. Nope. It's not happening. We're not finishing six, 10 and 7. There are six wins on the schedule. I will go through them now. This is, is how I get to November. This is how I get to November. <laughs> there are six wins on the schedule, maybe. It's Titans, Falcons, Bengals, Dolphins, Texans, Dolphins, Jaguars. That's it. Those are the only possibilities you can possibly... But, like, 
If it was if if we if they weren't going to New England for that game, I'd right. say. Eight. But then again, then again, they you know they completely shit the bed when they play New England at home. So yeah, exactly. Uh, Eagles also Eagles uh, winnable. Uh, oh, 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 did you just get yourself to seven wins? Yeah, these <laughs> are all that gap is. I said these are possible wins. The Jets could very easily lose all of these games. Of but, course, but how da- how dare you not include the Colts in this? By the way, I was about uh, to. Make- that's on the road, and we're still not a good football team. Last so, time we played on the road in Indianapolis, we won. Just saying. That's you know what the, you know what the Jets' differential is right now. It's not good. <laughs> I mean, I was gonna say. I mean, it can't be good. They scored six points over two games. Of course, it can't. I'm, I'm, not, doing the math, we, I'm not doing the math because everybody here knows that I'm not a math guy. But we've scored 47 points. And we've let up 94 points, and that is good for like the worst in the league. So. How many times do they tell you in the NFL that it's not what you've done, it's what you do? And what they do is they just want a goddamn football game. So let me carry that, Jesse. Let me have this. All right. Atlanta in London. I will be up at 7.30 in the morning watching this game because I will be in Mexico. I know. I'm Not to brag, but I know. <laughs> um, You're in this- Mexico. Jared's in Los Angeles. I'm the only one here, like actually in the area now. Also, get closest also, to the game. You should go. Also, I thought of a, I thought of a great, true. true. I, I thought of a great one-liner on the, on in the car, and I just needed to point it out. Yeah. Uh, as an as the LA gatekeeper of the podcast, the 405 <laughs> is the Richard Sherman to the Cross Bronx's Darrell Rivas. <laughs> what a comparison! I had to. I had to. I'm sorry. <laughs> I had to. The 405 was bad. It's not Revis. <laughs> Damn right. right. So, uh, guess the lines. What do you think the line is? Falcons two and a half. Connor? Falcons four. It is Falcons minus three. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Over under? Can you guess? 84. Big 12 offenses, baby. Go on. <laughs> um, 48. Close. 46. Ooh. All right. Um, short. So I think the keys to this game are... A little different than Tennessee, um, and by a little I mean very, because they just they're just they their their offense is just the complete opposite. They don't run the ball like the Titans do. They throw it, and they have a lot of weapons in the passing game, starting with Calvin Ridley and ending with Kyle Pitts. Um, I, and Cordero Patterson apparently now. And Cordero dude, Patterson, Jesus Christ! They figured. The, I don't know who said it, but like a team a team finally figured out how to use that guy and. It's Arthur Smith and the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. So the, um, the, I mean, Matt Ryan has been okay. He hasn't been good. He hasn't been bad. He's been okay. Um, and I mean, Mike Davis is nothing like I'm, I'm not getting scared about the running game. So really what we need, what we're going to finally see, this is the first team that we've actually seen that has like a legitimate wide receiver one. And, another dynamic playmaker in the passing game in Kyle Pitts. I, I, the Jets don't have anybody who can cover Kyle Pitts. Now, whether the Falcons use him is a completely other, like a different conversation. 
because they just for some reason they drafted him fourth overall and then they're just not using him. Um, he's really, I mean, if you want to watch, if you want to watch bodies go flying, just type in Kyle Pitts, Florida, and just watch him absolutely destroy the SEC. He is special. I think that this is going to be the best, best off like wide receiver group, like passing, passing attack that the Jets have faced so far. Better than Carolina, better quarterback, better, better wide receiver. One of DJ Moore has been really, really good this year. Yep. Guess who hasn't? Robbie Anderson. Uh, <laughs> I think that this is going to be an excellent test for the secondary. We're actually going to finally see how good Hall is, Bryce Hall. Um, we're going to see how good Michael Carter is. I think they have, um, who's their other guy? Gatlin? Is that, is that their other? Who? Receiver? The Falcons? Falcons. Who's their other wide receiver? Oh, Russell, Russell, Gage? Russell Gage? Gage. Yeah. Not Gatlin. Yeah. Gage. Yeah. Um, so he, and he, he, he's a very, very fast wide receiver. Somebody that the Jets uh, need to keep an eye on as well. I think that this is a very winnable game, though. This this Falcons team is just not that good. They're just not. Yeah. We haven't we didn't even talk about the offensive line only allowing one. Only, Zach didn't even get sacked. Not only did he not get sacked, he only got hit once the entire game. So we see more of that. You know, it's not like the Falcons have a crazy pass rush, right? What is it, Vic Beasley Jr. and Grady Jarrett? Mm-hmm. Uh, um. Yeah, I mean that's Deion Jones is fantastic, but he's not a pass rusher. It's uh, Dante Fowler Jr. And uh, I'm not going to try and pronounce his name. Uh, Deto Kumbo. Yeah, I'm not even going to try the last name. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Him. But yeah, yeah, that guy. That guy. Exactly. Um, I think that the Jets can definitely win this game. What For do you guys sure. think? Definitely. I mean, it's like you said, Atlanta's not a very good team. I think that they only have the one win and that was against the Giants. And that was like the Giants kind of really just fumble the bag, so to speak, at the end yeah, of that game. Like they the Giants, really the Giants should have won that game. They should have won that game. Uh, so and the Giants, I mean, what, what was it on Sunday that it was the first time that the Jets, the Giants and the Yankees all won on the same same day since like 2009 or something like that? Which is pretty, yeah, which is pretty crazy. But uh, yeah, so I mean, it, if the Giants, who are in all, you know, every sense of the word, same boat really as the Jets in terms of like how good both teams are. Uh, if they are going to keep pace with the Falcons, there's no reason that, and there's really no home field advantage one way or the other when you're playing in goddamn London. So, I mean, the crowd is full of people wearing jerseys of every single team, of every single player, that they're just there. So, it's not a big deal. There's no I home field get a sh- I think they'll get a show, though. I think they're going to get a show. I think oh, there's going to be a... Like, those fans. Those fans. I think they're going to get a show. I think that they're going to see some some big-time offensive of uh, big-time offensive plays. Yep. Um, I think so, too. And I think the... I hope it's the... I think the, the... I mean, the last time I think the Jets played in London was against Miami. We whooped them. Like, yeah. Oh, they, they, they wrecked... I was like one of the Chris Ivory's best games as a Jet. I think it was like I remember that. It's like 2014, 2015, or something like that. No, uh, I think they've been back more recently. Didn't we play the Jaguars? I thought I thought that was before, but that might have yeah. been now that I'm. I don't know. All um, right, I have, I have a question yeah. for you guys. I have a yeah. question. This is the last question of the episode. Have your expectations changed for this team? 
I just, I, I just said that I, I'm seeing 10 and 7, so no, no, the, <laughs> the, the, real, the real answer is no. The real answer is no. My, expect, my expectations changed from after week three to after week four in the sense that I now know that they can show me things, and now I'm sort of expecting them to show me things, if not on a week-in, week-out basis, at least every other week. This is a winnable game. I mentioned beforehand that you know, this felt like a little bit of a culture changer, this win this week. Atlanta would prove that. There's nothing more Jets than a nice, feel-good win and then a devastating no-show loss, regardless of where the game is. Yes. My, my expectations are simply that the Jets should go out there and, if not be the better team, play Atlanta to a draw and just see where the coin, you know, see where the coin flips. But. Mm-hmm. This is that that's really the bar for me for the rest of the season is when you play a bad team, play them competitively and play them and don't play them competitively to a nine, six, 10, seven game, play them competitively, 27, 24. I'll even go a step further. Not not, I want them to play competitive. I want them to beat the bad teams. I want to be competitive against the good teams because there's not a lot of good teams on the schedule. So you're going to get a lot of matchups against bad teams. Yeah. I want to say, yeah, yeah. I say beat, beat Atlanta. Uh, at least uh, beat go in there, beat Atlanta. Will I be disappointed if they lose? Yeah, I mean, it's Atlanta. They're a bad team. Uh, But again, the name of the game this season is just being competitive. You know, being competitive. You try not, you you stay competitive with the good teams. You know, even stay competitive with the bad teams. Obviously, you're trying to beat them. And then you just try not to get blown out by the really good teams like Tampa Bay when they have to go to Tampa Bay to play them. Like, we know what's going to happen there. I mean, they have a, just an simply absurd offense still led by a how that man is still doing what he's doing at his age, Tom Brady. And, you know, they know they're going to get blown out there. So. He's a vampire. That's exactly. how. Exactly. So Atlanta, go in there. You're, quote, unquote, on the road. But you go in there trying to just take care of business. And I think uh, teams that – Play in London automatically get a like the automatically get a buy the next week, right? Yes, the so Jets, that Jets are have a buy, buy in week five, and then right. they go to New England back home against Cincy. Then they go to the Colts on a short week uh, to play uh, Thursday night football, and then ten days later they come home and play the Bills. Right. Okay. So I mean, how good would it feel to be on a two-game winning streak? Going into a bye, you get to sit down on a Sunday. You watch Red Zone for like seven hours. You have stress. Your team's on a two-game winning streak. Just picture that, guys. Hold How on. I'm, 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 hold, hold on. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. <laughs> almost there. <laughs> Call it. Call it episode. Yeah, I mean, like, that's all you need to say. I mean, it would, like, even if they don't go in there and blow out Atlanta, who gives a shit? It would just feel great. Be on a winning streak. They were sure they went on a winning streak last year, but it was a game. It was two games that we wanted them to lose. They got. I mean, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. I mean, they got. They got our, uh, who we hope is going to be a really good quarterback. These are two wins we want them to have. So let's step up and let's see if they can actually do that. Yeah, I agree. I'll be rooting for the Jets on Sunday. How about that, huh? Good. How about, <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> All right. So that's it for us here. Uh, Jared, thanks for coming on, man. This was a lot of fun. We'll have to have you back on soon. Thank you. Um, if you guys, do you want to plug anything? 
I don't want to plug anything except for uh, except for y'all's Twitter. I, I don't. I, you no one needs to follow me. It gets it gets it gets dark. It gets dark. <laughs> all these all, right. all these fellas. <laughs> all right, you can follow Jared at o underscore my underscore goss and o is o h and goss is g o s. Uh, you can follow me at Jesse Finver. You can follow Connor at what? The NJ Mick. And why is that, Jesse? Jared, why is that? I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. <laughs> because he's Irish and he's from New Jersey. That's why. <laughs> guess what? So are the Jets. The Jets are from New Jersey as well. <laughs> and they wear green, so they're Irish. Um if you want to listen to any other Gotham Sports Network podcasts or find any of our content, you can do so at GothamSM.com. If you want to listen to this podcast on a different platform for some reason than the one you're already listening on, you can do so at, on uh, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. Uh, and that goes for all of Gotham's podcasts. Um, and that's it. We have Atlanta next week in London. Get your coffee, your bagel, you know, a little, uh, little morning, morning football, and then uh, hopefully we can enjoy the rest of our Sundays, folks. That's Hell all. yeah! That's all That's we got. England up the green and white, baby. Up the green, up the green and white. <laughs> Let's do it. Up the green and white. All right, folks. Peace. Peace.